0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys.
1: Hi guys, you're very welcome along to the week 7 recap show. Column a the week, the record for broken, the Jaguars finally got a win on the board. <laughs>
2: yeah DJ lots happened this weekend uh, so much stuff going down I think uh, on the previous show I even uh, predicted a Jaguars win so I'll take great credit for that predicted as well that the, the Chiefs would beat the Chargers so I had a good enough week in my picks this week and uh, overall a lot a lot of fun watching the games as always uh, really looking forward now to heading over to Wembley this current weekend and uh, that should be a lot of fun as well as I know you're looking forward to it as well and many of the listeners looking forward to it too week seven DJ the Patriots got a big win on Thursday night we both predicted it you predicted it a little bit more confidently than I did but in the end it really came down to that last kick of the game and uh, we might even touch on that as we go through the games a very very close call there for the Patriots with that late field goal being tipped at the line which was a very very happy moment for you I'm sure but uh, on today's show DJ we're gonna be joined by David Burkett who is a beat reporter for the detroit lions working with the detroit free press he's heading over to london this weekend too and we caught up with him to talk about all the goings on in the nfc north this past weekend as well as the team getting ready to travel over to london to face the falcons and much much more so looking forward to bringing that to you in just a little bit dj also always we do like to plug our own website which is overtime ireland so be sure and check that out if you haven't already lots of articles going up there throughout the week each and every week really enjoy uh, reading through some of our writers pieces there myself so i'm sure the listeners will enjoy that as well overtime ireland is on twitter and that is at overtime ireland be sure and follow us and always give us a written a subscription or a comment on itunes stitcher wherever you listen to the podcast that would be greatly beneficial to us keep spreading the word Last Word on Sport are spreading the word of Overtime Ireland, and their website is lastwordonsport.com. Their Twitter handle is at Last word on Sport. They have you covered for all sports. I know a lot of people who like watching American football also like checking out the baseball, basketball, so on and so forth, and they have all them sports covered. So be sure and check out their website. That's lastwordonsports.com because you can hear us up on their Last Word on Sport radio network, and we're up there proudly partnered with them. It was a really fun week, DJ, to watch all those games. A lot of stuff went on in the NFC North, and uh, we're going to talk to Dave Burkett about that right now as we start to recap all the games in Week 7.
0: Let's recap this weekend's NFL action.
2: It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. Joining me in the podcast now is Dave Burkett, beat writer for the Detroit Lions for the Detroit Free Press, and he's also a voter on the Pro Football Hall of Fame ballot. So great great to have Dave on, and of course the Lions are coming over to face the Falcons and Wembley this week, and they had a big win this past weekend against the Saints. We're going to cover all those topics, so thanks for joining us, Dave.
0: Yeah, no problem. Glad to do it.
2: Obviously, I mentioned there the Lions' big win this week, 24-23 against the Saints, and it came in dramatic fashion right at the end of that game. Uh, what did, What were your key takeaways from that game? Was it... You know the defense didn't really put up as much of a fight as it has over the last couple of games. They've been titled as the best defense in the league, and then in that fourth quarter they really did shut Drew Brees down. He was zero for ten at one stage in that fourth quarter with that interception. So, really stepped up big in the fourth quarter. But uh, what were your main takeaways from the game as a whole?
0: No, I think you're right. Like this was the best offensive team the Lions have faced all year, uh, and you know they, they the Saints gained the most yards the Lions have given up all year. So it wasn't the best performance, obviously, but. When they needed that defense to, to come through at the end, they did. They got the big turnover. Uh, they held Drew breeze. You mentioned it, to 2 of 10 passing the final two drives, shut him down, shut that Saints offense down when they had uh, you know almost two minutes to go down the field and score. Um, I think it was a positive performance overall. The Lions still have some problems offensively. They still have to get some, some things sorted out with Matthew Stafford. Uh, but overall, it was a good win to get to 5-2 and two heading into London this week.
2: Yeah, now they're 5 2, tied at the top of the division with the Packers. Obviously, they have that tiebreaker over the Packers beating them in that home game early in the season. Overall, though, Golden Tate, you know, he's not been talked about. You obviously have Calvin Johnson missing the last two games, but they've won those two games, and then they have Golden Tate, who's really stepped up, particularly in this game with a long touchdown. And, you know, he's been going under the radar, maybe in some parts of the league, but I have to say, I've been impressed with him, what he's done, especially in the absence of uh, Calvin Johnson.
0: Uh, you and, and the Lions both. I mean, look, the Lions, they've had a big hole at the, you know, their number two receiver spot for a bunch of years now. Nate Wilson had a good 2011, but, you know, really when Kelvin was hobbled or out the last couple of years, they had nowhere else to turn to on offense. And, and that's kind of why they spent big to get Golden this offseason. And, you know, it's paying off. I mean, Golden Tate is, he's one of the leading receivers in the NFL right now. Uh, he's really good yards after catch and, and with his hands. And, and those are some of the things that the Lions, you know, have lacked in the past. Um, you know he's a perfect complement to Kelvin Johnson, and when Kelvin's been out, he's been able to shoulder the load a little bit. So the Lions are really fortunate to have
2: him. Yeah, I was looking as well at your Twitter feed just before we started recording, and you were asking the question: Does Joyke Bell deserve a bigger role with uh, Reggie? B- bigger role than Reggie Bush? What's your opinion on the backfield situation there? Obviously, they have a few talented younger players as well, but Reggie didn't have uh, as big a game as he would have liked against his former team.
0: Right, Reggie's the biggest name back there, yeah. but. You know, the most effective back so far this year has been Joyke Bell. Um, you know, the a little bit, you know, dinged up. I don't know that, uh, you know, it's it's completely his fault what's been going on. You know, he, he's got an ankle injury that kept him out of last week's game against the Vikings. Um, you know, he was hobbled a little bit uh, this past Sunday, um, you know, against the Saints. Um, look, he still has, there's still an explosive element to him, but Theo Riddick, uh, who also missed the, the Saints game, you know, he's a guy that can can replicate that a little bit. Joyke Bell, on the other hand, you know, he's a guy He runs hard, he breaks tackles, he gets yards after contact, um, and this offense has struggled to run the ball consistently. So uh, if I was the Lions, I, I would give Joyke Bell a little bit of a bigger role going forward.
2: And this is the type of game, you know, in the past, I think, uh, that they would uh, probably wouldn't have won the game. They probably would have, you know, lost this game in the end up. But over the, the start of the season, they've had a lot more fighting spirit, a lot like more physical team. And uh, you have to be impressed as, uh, you know, reporting on the Lions. I'm sure the Lions fans are delighted for that. Being a Packers fan, uh, not so delighted about it. But uh, I have to say I've been impressed with them, uh, both defensively and just physically. They're, you know, grinding their way through games. They mightn't be playing brilliantly on offense, but when you're missing pro arguably the best wide receiver in the league and still getting wins you know they're not going to worry too much about how the how the overall game's looking
0: well that's what uh you know Dominic Raiola, the, the lion's center said you know after the Saints game he said you know we're, we're 2-0 and without Calvin and look we can only get better when Calvin comes back you know I, I think that's kind of the, the general sense there that um really the defense has carried the, the team through the first seven games this year and the offense has struggled some and You know, hasn't really found a rhythm, and not having you know Calvin or having Reggie Bush, Joy Bell, those guys all miss time. I think that's that's definitely hurt things. But um, you know, when when Calvin comes back, theoretically, this team should be able to find its uh, its groove a little bit more. And you know, I do think at some point, uh, you know, this offense will start clicking a little bit better.
2: Yeah, we'll talk more about the the Lions, of course, coming over to London and Calvin Johnson, particular towards the end of uh, our talk, but. We're just going to move on now to some other teams in the NFC North. I mentioned I'm a Packers fan and they're up to 5-2 and two tied, top of the division. Obviously the tiebreaker with the Lions. Uh, the Lions are ahead on, on that point. But uh, I have to say, over the last few weeks, particularly since that Lions game, that they've really started to step up. Have you been impressed with the Packers over the last few weeks, a big win over the Panthers this week?
0: Oh, no doubt. I mean, to me, you know, they're still the team to beat in the NFC North because they have the best quarterback, you know, in Aaron Rodgers, I think. Um, You know, I like what the Lions have done defensively. The Bears, uh, even though they've been really, you know, hit or miss this year, they, uh, you know, they still have a good offense. They're they're still potent on that side of the ball. Uh, The Packers, look, as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, you you can score on anybody, you can beat anybody. You know, I think that's a team to beat in the NFC North. And really, since they played the Lions, they've really straightened things out a little bit because, uh, they did not look good that game. That offense did not look good that game. That game turned into a defensive shootout that I don't think, or a defensive, you know, battle that I don't think anybody expected. But um, watching them uh, a little bit these last couple of weeks, uh, they look like they're clicking on all cylinders right now.
2: Yeah, the two games they struggled were, of course, against the Seahawks and the Lions, and both them. Um, well, the Seahawks since haven't been as good on defense, but you know they're they're more formidable defenses in the NFL. And uh, I have to say I've been impressed with them as well. Aaron Rodgers looking great and uh, another good game from him yesterday. And uh, some fantasy fans aren't too happy he's been arrested in the fourth quarter of a couple of games this season. But you know the the defense is starting to look a little bit better too. They were hoping for this kind of to come along. And Clinton Dix had his best game of the season this week, so good signs there. The two of them top that division, and they seem to be nearly pulling away. The Bears again, you mentioned there, they haven't been going too good so far this season, hit or miss. But Jay Cutler again turning over the ball at critical points, and that there is the the key difference I think between the likes of. Stafford, Cutler and then of course Rodgers, Rodgers won interception this season, the other guys you know it's nearly a surprise if there's none in a game and over over the whole game, uh, they, or over the whole season so far 0-3 and three at Soldier Field which is a terrible record obviously at home, you don't want to be losing every game and you really need to be winning your home games in this division so what have you thought of the, the key struggles uh, for the Bears this season?
0: That offense, I mean, some of those receivers were a little bit banged up early on. You know, Calvin Johnson, Sean Jeffrey, both of them. Um, you know, when they're playing at a high level, uh, you know, I think the Bears offense can score on anyone. It's just a matter of, you know, how that defense does. And they spent a lot of money retooling it this offseason. Uh, a lot of resources, you know, first-round pick on, on Kyle Fuller. And um, obviously, the, all the defensive line additions, including Willie Young, the former you know, Lions uh, defensive end, and really been a surprise but they haven't got a whole lot out of out of some of those other guys and um, as good as that offense is it's not going to be able to, to carry this team in this division so they really need to get that defense figured out and figured out soon.
2: Yeah they need to get the obviously the home problem sorted out very quickly and of course they have a, a tough schedule coming up, I think they have the Patriots next and then they have uh, the, the Packers coming up after that, so two big games and you know, if they lose both of them they're really in a, a big big bit of trouble here. The Dolphins in this game really impressed me, I have to say over the last, uh, I watched the game, the whole game last week against the Packers, I thought the second half in particular, Ryan Tannehill was very good in that, he was very good in this game again and I thought overall they'd done a, a, enough to win the game but... Uh, the key area again for the for the Bears obviously is the, the turnovers in Jay Cutler and it seemed to be a, a bit of a heated argument uh, with, between him and Brandon Marshall in the, in the changing room after the game so that, that I'm sure that happens after many many games in the NFL but it doesn't usually leak out as quickly as this into the media but I uh, have to say um, the Bears fans there's probably some things to, to worry a little bit about there.
0: Well, you know, I don't know. I, You know, I think you see a lot of that, you know, sometimes in the NFL, and, and usually it's best behind closed doors yeah. because when it does get out in public like that, you know, that's when people start worrying that the, that the team is splintering. Um, you know, I did see the report that, that you know, obviously Jay Cutler got called out after the game, and, you know, maybe deservedly so in some ways. I mean, you know, he's a guy that he's, he's kind of like Matthew Stafford, what we see here in Detroit, you know, really talented, but doesn't always, you know, put it together, has some silly turnovers at times and maybe doesn't always take advantage of, of the talent that he has. And, uh, you know, I think this could could be said for just about any team in the NFL. You know, you're only going to go as far as, you know, your quarterback takes you. And uh, in Jake Cutler's case, uh, he's been a big reason why the Bears and, and before that the Broncos maybe didn't live up to their expectations.
2: Yeah, the next game up is uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, a very late loss here to the Bills. A bit a walk-off touchdown from Sammy Watkins to, to win the game for the Buffalo Bills. I have to say, Bits, the first game, obviously, that he played against the Atlanta Falcons, he looked great, Teddy Bridgewater, but had a number of turnovers as well. It seems to be in this division, every quarterback loves to turn the ball over, except for Rodgers, but he had a few turnovers in this one as well, and a very, very tough one for them to take. You know, they were up late in this game, as I mentioned, last uh, second touchdown against them, and, you know, this is definitely, I think, the final nail in their coffin for this season, but what have you made for uh, Teddy Bridgewater so far for the Minnesota Vikings?
0: Yeah, we saw him up close, you know, last week when when the Lions yeah. played the Vikings. You just mauled him. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You know, he, he, look, he's a rookie. I think you expect from those growing pains. And maybe people got a little too high on him after the, the performance he had earlier this year, both coming in, in in reserve and then leaving that first victory when he started. But... Um you know he looked he looked really rookie to me uh last week, and it doesn't help that you know he just doesn't have a whole lot of weapons offensively I and mean, of Daryl Patterson obviously can can get things done, but beyond that, you know one of their best offensive linemen is out um Adrian Peterson obviously not playing right now. I think when you lose you know players like that you know that surround you uh Kyle Rudolph uh, you know he's been banged up when you lose some of your best weapons like that um it's just it's tough to overcome for anybody, let alone a rookie so uh, you know, the Vikings, what they need to do, though, is they need to figure out what they have in Teddy. You know, they're going to have a high pick in the draft next year. It's a pretty good uh, quarterback draft coming up. Um, yeah, I wouldn't imagine they'd want to go that route after spending the first-round pick on Teddy Bridgewater, but this is going to be a big, you know, final uh, you know, nine games for him to to kind of prove what he can do.
2: Yeah, major issues on their offensive line, but we'll, we'll see what happens going forward for them. Back now to the Lions, obviously, and uh, they're coming to London this week. You're getting ready to travel over yourself as well. The uh, the the team has to be on a real high, of course, after that that lead win against the Saints.
0: Oh, without a doubt, you know I'm I'm looking forward to a trip. I know talking to some guys in the uh, uh, you know locker room yesterday. That that's kind of what they were saying that the the, the flight over there is going to be a whole lot easier since uh, you know they're coming off a victory. So um, it was a big one too, and and I mentioned it. You know, they're to get to five and two and to beat a fellow NFC you know playoff contender the Lions and the Packers, this NFC North race is going to go down to the wire. And if the Lions should lose, like they end the season at Chicago and at Green Bay. Those are two tough places to play. It's going to be tough on this Lions offense to get rolling. If they were to lose those games, if they were to lose the division, they need to have some, some tiebreakers in their back pocket. And to beat a team like the Saints, uh, you know, that might be one of them. Uh, You know, they they get the Atlanta Falcons this week at Wembley, and and that's another one. I I know that NFC South has looked pretty bad right now, but you never know how that second half of the season is going to go, and that's another NFC team that that factors in the tiebreaker race. So this is a huge game for the Lions upcoming.
2: Yeah, and of course the the Falcons coming off another loss, two losses in a row, and we talked about the Bears problems. They lost at home to the Bears two weeks ago, lost this week to the Baltimore Ravens. So they're coming in on a really low, the kinda of opposite of the momentum that uh, the the Lions are taking over to London. So it's gonna be a tough trip for them. There's gonna be a lot of reflection on it. But it's also a game that you know, it's almost now into must win territory for the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Oh, I I think so. I mean, you know, they're a tough team to figure out right now. At two and five, and you know that NFC South is is so muddled and and not looking really good right now. No teams over five hundred, but but the Falcons, uh, a team that's been so good at at some points here in the last couple years and and so bad at others, and they've lost four straight. They have some issues on defense and and, uh, protection up front, but they still have Matt Ryan. They still have Julio Jones. They can still score some points. And as we saw last week, you know, with the Lions, uh, that's something that you know, I think could be a good matchup for the Falcons. Um, the Lions, they don't score a whole lot of points right now. They're relying on, on their defense. So if the Falcons can put up a couple of touchdowns, that's where they can win this ballgame.
2: Of course as well, Calvin Johnson, um, he's traveling over to London, but uh, do you think he's going to sit up and uh, play in Wembley, or do you think he's going to be in an inactive again and hold him out after the bye week?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's something that uh, there really is no uh, sense one way or another right now. I think we're going to have to wait to see until later in the week. He did say after the game, uh yesterday that he wasn't particularly close to playing so that would lead me to believe that maybe they give him another week off with a bi week after that you know he comes back fully healthy for the second half of the season but um i wouldn't rule calvin out either yet you know he's a guy that you know he's played through injuries before um, you know the lines aren't going to be in any rush to get him back on the field especially since they they won two straight without yeah. him but it's a different offense when he's out there and if he can play if he's if he's good to go Uh, you know, in something more than than just a decoy basis. I think you do see him out on the field. I just, I don't know if he can get there in the next six
2: days. And uh, just being around the team, uh, final question on travelling over. Do you think that travelling over to London has been a a major, you know, inconvenience for the team? Or obviously they would have been travelling to Atlanta. It's an Atlanta home game this week. And uh, how do you think it has varied for the team? Are they excited about coming over?
0: Yeah, yeah, no. Look, I I talked to a bunch of guys about this this last week because I was kind of getting some some material ready to to write for this week and um, you know I I think there's look there's no doubt guys would rather be sleeping in their own beds and playing at home if they could but I think people are looking at it too like you know this is a pretty unique experience it's a neat trip Uh, they're going over for the entire week they're flying out Monday night Um, so you know they're going to get in town early Tuesday uh, take part in a, a play 60 event practice out there all week so um, they're going to make the most of it. They're not just flying in and, and treating it like a long, you know, west west coast swing. They're going to get out there. I don't know how much time they're going to have to see the sights, since they're going to be out in the countryside a little bit. But um, the sense I get is that guys are looking forward to it, um, and especially since they're they're coming off a win and, and there's a little bit of a high right now um you know they think that this can be a good thing and, and can maybe help them gel and bond a
2: little bit more yeah it could be a good bonding experience for them and it's strange as well that they're traveling over so early in the week we've seen that most of the the road teams in this situation stay until later in the week and that's what the dolphins done the last time and it worked quite well for them against the raiders but both teams traveling over early this so should both teams be at a, they should be at an equal kind of standing as to time to acclimatize and that's what'll be an interesting game to see traveling over to the game myself so really really looking forward to it and uh Hope you enjoy your time when you travel over to the UK and uh, have a good trip over. Thanks for coming on to talk Yeah, I appreciate
0: it. it. Yeah, never been over there, but I, I look forward to meeting you uh, this weekend at the game. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland.
2: So, Deeds, that was Dave Burkett. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at Dave Burkett, and that is B-I-R-K-E-T-T. Follow him. Uh, lots of great stuff coming up especially if you're a Detroit Lions fan. Do follow him. He, you know, he's at all the press conferences. You'll find out everything going on about your team. Even if you're not, he's involved with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He votes for them. So there's lots of stuff that he, he has going on and he, he has great information about the NFC North and everything going on in the NFL in particular. So very, very uh, enjoyable talking to him. Getting a lot of his opinions on coming over and it was interesting that you know that he was talking about Calvin Johnson. He's obviously travelling over to the game but you know it's kind of up in the air whether he plays or not and he didn't sound too confident they'd be playing in London, but be interesting, DJ, come the weekend if we do see him suiting up in Wembley Stadium against the Falcons. Just want to touch, DJ, obviously, they, we talked about the Packers game and I uh, was very impressed with them in particular. Obviously, being a Packers fan, really, really enjoying what they're doing over the last few weeks, putting up a lot of points, getting into good early leads, although last week they had to come then back from behind to score that last-minute touchdown. But this week, this game, DJ, was never in doubt. Up very, very high at halftime, over 30-point lead at halftime held the Panthers to a field goal in that first half and uh, was really impressed with how the defence done, especially with a few of the cornerbacks out this week. So, hoping to get them back soon. And, you know, we're moving forward in a strong strong situation, facing the Saints next week, which will be tough, obviously, the Saints at home, and their backs are really against the wall they need to win after losing that game to Detroit. Drew Brees throwing that lane of interception that we talked about as well with Dave. So, DJ, uh, the Packers going strong, and uh, I'm sure you want to touch a little bit about that Thursday night football game last week with the New England Patriots getting that last-minute well, not last minute win, but they, they sealed the game in the last seconds as uh, they blocked that, that field goal. How did you feel uh, about the game overall? Were you uh, happy with the result? I'm sure you were, but were you happy with the performance and how it came uh, down to the very, very, very end?
1: As I've said all the way through the season column, as long as the Patriots are putting wins on the board, it doesn't have to be pretty football. And I have to give credit to the New York Jets offense. They turned up in Week 7 and Geno Smith even had a decent performance in this game, which was quite surprising. Hmm. But some of the Patriots' defense were woeful. In particular, I think Geno Smith made a 48-yard run to gain seven yards, and he could have been stopped. But the Patriots' defender, can't remember who it was in particular, let him go across the 10-yard line, which meant the Jets ended up getting... A first down, whereas they could have been punting the ball away. So there was a lot left. There's a lot left to be desired on the Patriots' defense. The offensive side of the ball was quite good in Week Seven, and hopefully it continues into Week Eight.
2: Yeah, it is result, but obviously a wet night too in Foxborough, so it wasn't the best playing conditions injuries at running back meant that the running game wasn't as good but Vereen had a nice game catching the ball a number of times and caught that big long touchdown from Tom Brady so Brady's playing well he's starting to play much better and the the talk a few weeks ago about you know him being past it and so on uh, was a little bit exaggerated maybe we'll say and uh, they've now won the last three bad story for the New York Jets and their fans that was the sixth loss in a row so very very tough season for the MDG and it's going to be a long one but Picked up Percy Harvin in the trade from the Seattle Seahawks during the during the weekend there, which uh, caught everyone off guard. I'm sure uh, caught yourself off guard, certainly caught me off guard. But do you think uh, it's just kind of a situation of seeing how he goes for the rest of the year, and then whether they take uh, take him? Obviously, I think they'll keep him next year, but after that, then the guaranteed money and that uh, drops down. So. Maybe maybe it's kind of a, a test uh, trial period for him. Seems to be a lot of talk coming out of those situations in the locker room in particular before the Super Bowl, getting into a fight with Golden Tate and a couple of other incidents, as well as pulling himself out of the game against the Dallas Cowboys last Sunday, which they lost. So, you know, your situations like that, you don't want your, your team and he's going into that big New York media spotlight and we'll see what happens there. But a big, big call for the Jets going and uh, taking Percy Harvin and Eric Deckers looked really good. I have to say, you know... Everyone talked about whether he would be the same without Peyton Manning. Well, obviously it would be better if he was in the offence with Peyton Manning, a quarterback. But when you have Geno Smith playing, uh, they, they're linking up quite well. And it was one of Geno Smith's better games. He had been very poor over the last few weeks and he, he played a little bit better in this one. But in the end, each of the Patriots uh, will be delighted with the win here after blocking that late field goal. And it, uh, it could have been a different story if that hadn't been blocked. So big, big win for the Patriots. And you'll take anything in a divisional game like this. But uh, we'll move on now to the other games.
1: Yeah, you Calm, know, some constellation for the New York Jets is that they're currently not the worst team in the NFL that honour goes to the Oakland Raiders with yet another loss. Yeah, DJ, I'm sure
2: you're uh, really consoling the Jets fans there with that piece of information. <laughs> but uh, the the one thing here I'll say about the Oakland Raiders is Derek Carr uh, looks to be a quarterback they can build this uh, franchise around. Very impressive against the the Chargers two weeks ago although he did throw that late interception he had a fantastic game with four touchdowns and that he has looked impressive he's getting a lot of good protection up front there the offensive line's playing quite well for them so he's not getting sacked too much he did get a little bit more pressure on him against the Cardinals this past weekend but I have to say I've been very impressed with him bought himself some nice time off a of play action on one of the touch or it wasn't actually a touchdown sorry it was just a long gain. I think Darren McFadden went in then for the touchdown after it but uh some some nice throws uh, deep down the field and he, he's looking like he's you know settling in and as a rookie that's all you can ask for. Outside of out him, like you know, he's arguably the best rookie quarterback so far in the league this season. So I have to say, very impressed with Derek Carr. On the other hand, Carson Palmer's back. Looks like he's firing in all cylinders for the Arizona Cardinals, and Michael Floyd, and you know. I've been very impressed with Brown as well at the wide receiving position there and Andre Ellington's doing some nice things out of the backfield. Most of them off uh, screen passes, the same kind of stuff that Fort is doing up in Chicago. But I have to say I've been impressed all round with the effort of this team and uh, the Cardinals look like they're definitely in the fight for that division after we'll be talking about them now about the other results in that division over the weekend. So big, big uh, win here for Arizona on the road and another disappointing loss for the Oakland Raiders, and I think now that's their 12th loss in a row, so you know, they need to start turning things around, trying to pick up a W, but I'm sure one
1: will come in the near future. The touchdown record was finally broken by Peyton Manning, I, project, I predicted it would come against the Jets in week 6, but it went till week 7 against the 49ers, and he had broken the record before halftime, another 4 thrown touchdowns in this game, 318 yards, and 22 of 26 passes.
2: Yeah, did you have to say? You know, what more can you say about Pitt and Manning? <laughs> you know, he's every record nearly going. He's going to pick up the rest of them along the way. I would say he's another maybe two years to play, and he's uh, going to continue to get more and more touchdowns, get more and more yards, and more and more wins. So you know, has to be really, really in the argument for the best of all time. And I think a lot of the time now with the media, the way things are, we want to pick out the flaws, and everybody. Will, but When you look at Manning's game and look at the stats, look what he does week in week out. You know. I, uh, it's hard. To, it's really hard to describe what he does. And uh, at the minute, I know I, I'm a Packers fan, so I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback in the league. But at the minute, what Manning is doing is something truly remarkable. Some people thought he would never play again after uh, his neck surgeries. He obviously was let go by the Colts, went to the Broncos, and you know. People, people didn't know what they were getting, and he really struggled getting back to playing the game. You know, throwing the ball, no power in his arm. People already knew that he didn't have a strong arm, but you know, his recovery, his uh, rehab, and all really behind closed doors, there was a lot of struggles for him. But he, he DJ most touchdowns now, and uh, that their record is going to go up and up and up. And uh, I can't really see it being caught. If you look uh, here how to start that, since he's gone to Denver, whatever amount of touchdowns it was that he has is actually more touchdowns than Alex Smith has had in his whole career and you know I think Alex Smith gets a tough time of it but he was drafted number one overall played for the 49ers now playing for the Kansas City Chiefs we talked last year about all the touchdowns that Jamal Charles got off screen passes you know and all they were all coming from Alex Smith and you know he, he's been in the league say same time as Aaron Rodgers and you're looking at Manning has more in the last two seasons or t- three seasons than he has in his whole career so that just starts to break down some of the, the stats that Manning's putting up and you know he's he's on pace again for another tremendous year this year we talked a lot a little bit philip rivers possibly mvp of the year but you know manning now will be facing up against philip rivers this thursday night on thursday night football you know he wins that and he has another great game we're gonna to have to start looking about giving manning the credit again that he he got last year and won the mvp last year but truly terrific uh game here again by him disappointing for the the 49ers that's the most points Put up against a, a Jim Harbaugh team since he was a Forty Niners coach, and uh, they'll be very disappointed with it. They also now they're four and three. The Broncos five and one, and uh, it's putting a lot of pressure now on the on the Forty Niners in that division to try and keep pace with the Cardinals. and there was another game where they they kind of I know they had to because they were dropping behind so quick, but they they abandoned the run game. They didn't go with Frank Gore too much. A lot of pressure on Kaepernick and number of sacks. He had one interception. And it was just a, a tough game all around for the, the whole 49ers team. The one positive for the 49ers is they're getting some key pieces back in defense now in the next four to six weeks, hopefully, for them. But they just need to keep pacing that division and get into the playoffs. No good getting these players back uh, later in the season if the team is already out of contention. So tough times, uh, but I think um, we'll see them steady the ship in the next few weeks. And a big, big win here for the Denver Broncos, who have to be the favourites, DJ, for that AFC title again.
1: And, Tom, you mentioned the. Greatest of all time debate, and you'll say Rodgers, some people will say Brady, some people will say Manning. But the only thing I could see going slightly against Peyton Manning is the weapons that he has in front of him. And you know, if you give most of the top quarterbacks that are in consideration that kind of weapons in front of them, could they do as good a job? Like Alexa Demarius Thomas, and that you know even some of the poorer quarterbacks throwing the ball to him he probably still could be getting two touchdowns a game as it is with Manning yeah the thing
2: there DJ that I would have to say is that can't really be argued because that is the team and that's who they have it's like if a team is put together with a lot of money and they win people say it's because of the money but again the players have to be on the field and they have to do the job they're responsible for players like Julius Thomas who has now got a great rapport with Manning and he's getting a lot of touchdowns this season so far You know, if he was in a different offence, who's to say that he he would score anything? Who's to say he would do anything? How much of it's Peyton Manning? How much of it's Julius Thomas? He's that big-bodied receiver at tight end, and no doubt he has a huge amount of talent. But, you know, Peyton Manning's taken the advantage of that, and, you know, he's given that matchup a chance, and he's given him the perfect ball most of the time, and he's catching it. So a lot of it is down to Peyton Manning, too. And, you know, there's one thing to say... You know, uh, the weapons around him. There's another thing to put up 40 points most weeks and put up 30 points every week. So, you know, terrific, terrific stuff. And, uh, I know you mentioned there that I would probably say Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, going on the greatest of all time, going on the whole career, I would have to say Peyton Manning. If Aaron Rodgers keeps up the way he's going, I think he will be one of the greatest of all time, maybe the greatest, depending on how many Super Bowl rings he gets. But if Peyton Manning, DJ, was to win another Super Bowl, I think it would really cap that argument of him being the best of all time. Obviously, Joe Montana has more Super Bowl rings, and Peyton Manning's not going to catch that record. But just over the the span of time, what he's done in the league, and... uh, you know his whole career, and he's obviously going to play for another year or two. I know he hasn't won multiple Super Bowls, but absolutely terrific what he does in the regular season. And not everyone can win a Super Bowl at the end of the year. So he gets them team in there time and time again, and he's putting up massive points game in game out. And I have to agree with you, DJ. He has better weapons than uh, Tom Brady has at the moment, and probably what Tom Brady had throughout his career. But uh, you know, them weapons are there, and he's taking full advantage of them. And each and every game, they're putting up massive numbers. So I have to say. Uh, Peyton Manning, a lot of stick given to him for choking in the playoffs and that, but let's just say regular season. I have to say he's, uh, in my opinion, the the greatest of all time. And I think uh, the more games he plays, the more touchdowns he puts up, and if he can win another Super Bowl, it'll uh, ease a lot more people's uh, argument against it. But the other thing, just before we finish up on Peyton Manning is, uh, you know, let's not worry about who's the best ever, who's this and who's that. Just enjoy watching him, because in two or three years' time, Manning will be finished up, and uh, we'll probably not see... This here kind of period, you have him, you have Tom Brady, you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, Drew Brees is not playing as well as he has, as this season, but you have him, Philip Rivers playing terrific at the minute. We might never see another period of top quarterback play like we have over the last couple of years um, that we're seeing at the minute, so I think it's just time to sit back and enjoy what's happening.
1: Another big loss in Week 7 column for the Atlanta Falcons, now 2-5. and five. They went down to the 5-2 and two Baltimore Ravens column, and performances like that by the Atlanta Falcons are the only thing that are keeping the new orleans saints playoff hopes alive
2: yeah dj well you know we know often talk of you know a team going this bad that it's a lack of consistency well it's not a lack of consistency for the the falcons they're they're playing bad on a consistent basis and the ravens are starting to play really good i was talking dj on the the preview podcast about how on both sides of the ball they're very good defensively and offensively ranking in some of the top categories in the league so i have to say the ravens are on a nice roll here and uh going forward, I think they're definitely favourites for that division, along with you know the division with the Steelers, the Browns and the Bengals, but uh, very impressed here with, with them overall. Tory Smith starting to get a little bit more to the ball after Steve Smith got a lot of it at the start of the season. They're running the ball well. Gary Kubiak's come in after getting fired as the Houston Texans manager and uh, I think he's doing a fantastic job there as offensive coordinator. They're really really doing well and a lot of stuff off-play action like he'd like to do in Houston. So, very interesting to see how Flacco's playing. I've been very impressed. He had two turnovers both in the red zone, but you know that they were playing they were playing quite well outside of that. The Falcons, DJ, you have to be worried. It's the offensive line. Matt Ryan is not getting any time. I've mentioned it a number of times. Too many injuries on the offensive line. Jake Matthews is having a hard time of it. He's getting beat a lot. But it's down to the fact that, you know, he's the only kinda of, I would say top quality player there. He's picked high in the draft. He's a rookie. He's been left there on an island all on his own and he's been dominated. It's 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 just tough for the Falcons at the moment. Matt Ryan's getting hit every time. Julio Jones isn't getting as much of the ball because of that. Roddy White had a big game here, but it'll be interesting to see now when we go to Wembley to see how they do. They haven't been as good on the road, and that is a home game for them. It should be being played in Atlanta. It's going to be an away game for them because they're not at home, but technically it is a home game for them. So, losing one of their dome games, so they really need to start picking up some W's here, or they're, they're going to be out of this division. You mentioned about you know, the Saints aren't winning, then the Falcons aren't winning, so it's helping them. The Panthers also lost this week to the Packers, so not winning there either and then the Bucks are not winning either. So this division at the moment, nobody above five hundred and everyone still has a chance and I'm sure they'll believe that. So big, big week coming up here for Matt Ryan and the Falcons in Wembley and then it's gonna be a big week as well, obviously for the Saints to get on the Packers and we'll be talking about that on the preview show later in the week. But some big, big games coming up and it's starting to get into
1: must win territory for these teams. Yeah, Falcons to go on the Lions in week eight, the game we're going to in Wembley. Colm, was quite a su- successful week for the teams in the AFC East, obviously with the exception of the New York Jets, who lost to the Patriots in case anybody missed that at the start of the show. but 13-point <laughs> thir- win for the Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins, 27-14 against the Chicago Bears. I'm sure you were disappointed to see the Bears going down in this one, Column.
2: Yeah, this was one of the games that I talked to uh, Dave about and I have to say Cutler again, I've been on this case the last few weeks and I don't want to be rubbing anything in with Jay Cutler but I often say that there's guaranteed an interception per game nearly from him and in this game it was the same situation, he had an interception then he had a sack that was stripped and the fumble was recovered by the Dolphins and I had predicted the Dolphins would win this game, DJ. The Bears now 0-3 and three at home this season. So they have a terrible home record at the minute and they really need to start picking up wins or they're going to be in big, big trouble in this division. And they're playing the Patriots this coming weekend, DJ. They have the Packers the following weekend. So two tough games coming up there. And if they were to lose both of them, you know they would be at three and six of a record and then they're in a real real uphill battle so we'll see how they do in the next two weeks but the the Dolphins are starting to starting to look good because they look good against the Packers in that second half and they look good all game here Ryan Tannehill had a nice game as well so big one here for
1: the Dolphins and the second blowout off the season column happened in the Indianapolis Colts game against the Cincinnati Bengals 27-0
2: yeah you said blowout I think you mean shutout (laughs) but It was a it was a blowout and a shutout, I guess we can call it twenty seven zero here, DJ, and you know the the Bengals now three two and one, so they're in a nice uh, orderly fashion there with their record. The five and two Colts are looking very good. Andrew Luck as always is playing some terrific football. Andy Dalton didn't look too good in this and those problems with the offensive line. I think in the in the first half DJ they had four or five uh Three and outs to start the game the Bengals and uh, the the Colts defense has been surprisingly good I have to admit I wasn't expecting a lot from them this season but been really good holding here to zero points for the Bengals so it doesn't get much better than that from a defensive point of view more turnovers in the red zone here DJ for the Colts like the Ravens it's kind of a, a theme that they're having they're turning the ball over in the red zone but at least they're getting down to the red zone each and every time they're turning it over it's not the worst place to turn it over but they want to be putting them points on the board Andrew Luck as I mentioned terrific again Trent Richardson you know he's not playing as the best back in the league, but he's uh, doing a doing a consistent job of getting, you know, in around 70 yards a game, getting in for a odd touchdown and that, but he had no touchdowns in this, but uh, Ahmad Bradshaw had a touchdown for them, so good win here for the Colts, and uh, they're they're marching on again to E.Y. Hilton with another big game.
1: And Colin, just some absolutely shocking statistics for the Bengals in this game. They didn't cross midfield until 11 minutes and 14 seconds of the fourth quarter. Yes, the fourth quarter. Yeah,
2: that is pretty, pretty terrible. I could tell by the excitement in your voice while you were reading through that that uh, it was going to be a stat that was going to really thrill all the Bengals fans out there to to listen to. I'm sure the Colts, it's good listening for them as uh, they really dominated on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, that's not something, DJ, that you, you want to hear. And then to have no points on the board is uh, another thing you don't really want to hear. DJ, a team that had six points on the board this week and were expected to get a win against... Well, this was your lock of the week, actually, and I'm going to rub this one in. The Cleveland Browns with six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars with 24. The one in six Jags. Let us hear it for the Jaguars. One win on the board. Zero and 16 won't be happening this year. And I have to say, uh, I'm happy for them. Uh, Obviously, they have fantastic swimming facilities down there in their stadium, which... I have to say still seems quite pointless to me but the Jacksonville Jaguars picking up a win here but the one thing DJ I want to talk about is I picked Billy Condiff up this week in my money league thought he was good for a few scores against the Jacksonville Jaguars and it turned out he was good for six points because they got six points in the whole game but the big talking point DJ when they were 6 nil up in this game Jacksonville going nowhere they had a chance to go for a field goal from about 30 yards out went for the fourth down conversion didn't come off got a sack Turned the ball over in downs and then didn't score after that. So they had a chance to go two scores up because they would have been 9-0 up. They would have had to get a touchdown to field goal to go behind. Went for the fourth down and turned out to be a terrible decision by them. Lost the game then in the end. Late touchdown, you know, stretched it out a bit more. Denard Robinson, former Overtime Ireland podcast guest. Yes, let's plug that. But he uh, he got a touchdown in over 100 yards in this game. So big, big game here from him. And uh, overall, Bartle said a few bad throws that they'll want back. He's showing all the signs of a rookie quarterback. Some poor throws that are being picked off very easily. And then some nice throws that are helping the team get into a winning position. But the team here got a win and they were 24-6 victors. So win on the board for them. Very, very disappointing result for the Browns after what they'd done to the Steelers the week before. Everyone was expecting them to turn up and walk through the Jaguars. But that wasn't to be. Also, DJ. Now the the talk was about the easy fixtures that they had coming up, but they lost us. So a bit of pressure on now three and three, and uh, they need to they need to start getting wins if they're to to save up five hundred.
1: Yeah, Colin, you decided to mention our money league there, and just when Colin's feeling sorry for Billy Kondof only getting him six points, Frank Gore two points, Kerry Robinson point six of a point, Julian Edelman one of the top scorers with seven point two points. Colin, Alshan Jeffrey one point nine. Jimmy Graham, zero points. Yes.
2: Fantastic week out, DJ. Fantastic.
1: Big big red zone threat. Ended up having two passes attempted to, to. Caught neither.
2: have to say, DJ, then uh, no manager of the week awards for you and uh, no MVPs in that team unless somebody got about 10 points, which uh, isn't a good week in, uh, in fantasy football. But DJ, to make you feel better, I'm just back in from the gym myself. I meant to mention this at the start of the show. Doing some weights in the gym and for some reason I ended up hitting myself with one of the dumbbells in the chin and cut my chin. And I have a, a lump on my chin which uh, I have to say is highly embarrassing, especially when you're walking around the gym holding your chin in quite considerable pain. So if anyone's going to the gym this week, my piece of advice is try not to hit yourself in the face with a dumbbell. Quite painful, so don't be doing that and uh, try not to set your line up in the same way as DJ did with uh,
1: a couple of players there being very, very big duds this week. I got my fantasy team wrong and I got some of my predictions wrong this week. I said the Seahawks would be slaughtering the Rams. Why was it, yeah. I wrong? I was wrong. 28 20- 26 column. St. Louis Rams. Few trick plays in this game and they really shocked the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, DJ, this year game also the, the Seahawks now 3 3, so disappointing for them, but. Uh the Rams here with a massive, massive win, and I, I had written them off in this division. I had said that the, the season was kind of over for them, and they weren't going anywhere. They're up to two and four now. I still think the division's out of shot, and I think the playoffs are out of shot. But I think they, you know, they had a great, great win here for the team and for team morale. And you know, they had two great trick plays in this one—a punt, a punt uh, return—and it was a kind of trick play by Tavon Austin. He ran to the left hand side, you know, from his perspective, ran to the left hand side. Everyone went to him as if he was going to catch it, try and return it. He falls over. Ball's actually caught on the right-hand side of the pitch. He returns it for a touchdown. So very, very uh, impressive and uh, something I hadn't seen before. The Seahawks definitely were fooled by it. The cameraman was fooled by it. And it took a few replays for me to figure out what actually went on. So great, great play there by them in the first half. In the second half then, balls of steel. I put out a tweet and I had hashtag balls of steel on it. Fake punt from their own 20-yard line. Up two points with only, I think it was a minute to go. And uh, they, they picked it up on fourth down. Uh, Johnny Hecker throwing it out there and picking up the fourth down. It was just a, a moment. Uh, just pure shock. I, I'm sure the, the Seahawks couldn't believe they had the cheek to try it. But they were putting it back to the Seahawks. They were going to try and hold them uh, and let them and get the field goal. If, the, if they'd have turned it over there, it is. If they didn't make that conversion, the game's over. Because the Seahawks are just going to set up the field goal and win the game. But big, big moment in the game. Really, if you haven't seen it, go back, watch them two trick plays. Really worth it. And I bet you in a few years' time... Definitely the first one with the uh, punt return. They're going to be up on YouTube being highly clicked on. Highly viewed plays of uh, trick plays if you're Googling them. They're on YouTube. So uh, a big win here for the Rams. Disappointing for the Seahawks. Two back-to-back losses. Lost to the Cowboys last week. Lost on the road now this week. So starting to starting to heat up in this division with the with the Cardinals going very, very strong. And both the Seahawks and the
1: 49ers struggling a little bit. Good win for the Washington Redskins column against the Tennessee Titans. Colt. McCoy completed 11 of 12 passes in the second half.
2: Yeah, DJ, obviously disappointing here for Kurt Cousins. He was cut out of the team. One of our Overtime Ireland leagues we uh, were stuck for a quarterback this week, and I decided, ah, oh, let's pick up Kurt Cousins. Well, that went terrific. One point for Kurt Cousins, taken out of the game in the second half. I have to say, uh, you know, he's been a turnover machine since he came into the team, but I still thought he would pick up points against the, the Titans' defense, which hasn't been overly great. But McCoy came in, DJ, you mentioned his efficiency was very good, picked up a few touchdowns and got the win for the team our writer there eli Booksaber, who writes uh, our power rankings and does the bookies playbook each and every week on the website was over in washington for this one so he'll be delighted a washington redskins fan that he is, that they picked up a win here even though it was narrow picked up a field goal at the very end of the game so a big big win for them although the record still stands at two and five but you know two and five is better than one and six so step forward here in the right direction for them I would say they're saying but uh, it's going to be tough in this division with the way the, with the, way the Eagles and the uh, Cowboys record is and RG3 uh, looks to be on his way back. We had some pictures tweeted in from Eli that RG3 out warming up before the game trying to get some movement and trying to get back you know just getting a little bit of rhythm into his routine again so it'll be another few weeks before RG3 is back but RG3 watch is certainly back on again. No doubt about it after the
1: change in the quarterback either DJ that he'll be the, the starter immediately upon his return. Ian, Colm, you mentioned yet another disaster for us in fantasy football this week, so hopefully all the listeners read James Maguire's fantasy football article rather than listening to us. (laughs) Yeah, good point, DJ. You had another fantastic win for the Dallas Cowboys column. Really looking like an impressive season for Tony Romo and the Cowboys getting a win over Eli Manning and the Giants in this game.
2: Yeah, DJ and uh, DeMarco Murray... uh, Making history here, seven games, over 100 yards. So, very, very impressive start of the season for him. And he's running the ball at such an efficient level. Luckily, he twisted his ankle a little bit in the first half in this game, but carried on nonetheless. He has a bit of time now to recover and uh, get that ankle healthy again this week. But, DJ, uh, very, very impressive here. Romo in the, the drive, you know, that really sealed the deal, that they went down and got that field goal. Some great passes to Des Bryant. Des Bryant, when he's under pressure and coverage, you know, the ball sticks to his hands. He doesn't drop too many. So, another nice game here for Des Bryant. A couple of touchdowns from him as well. So, he's having a nice season. Overall, DJ, I have to say, Eli Manning's playing well. They had Remember, they were uh, shut out last week with uh, no points against the Eagles. Well, they had a much, much better game here. First game without Victor Cruz in the lineup. Obviously, he's out for the rest of the season with that torn patella tenton But uh, I have to say, Odell Beckham Jr. had a nice game here. Two touchdowns for him. Eli Manning throwing the ball quite well. But it was uh, the story here, DJ, was... Uh, tight end Larry Dunnell t- uh, turning over the ball twice, and that's what really killed them in this game. Turned it over twice, more points for the, the Cowboys. And you know if he hadn't done that, it, one of them led to field goal, one of them led to uh, a touchdown, lost the game by ten points. So there's your game there. You know if they go down the field, put up points, that's a big swing there for the New York Giants. So Giants have a lot of positives to go out of this game, but you know as I mentioned, with the Redskins, the Cowboys are six and one, the Eagles are five and one, now the Giants are three and four. So there's a there's you know they start to have to start relying on other results as well. So as well as a tiebreaker against the Cowboys, so tough loss here for the Giants, but uh, a big win here for the Dallas Cowboys, and we got a bit of stick on Twitter, DJ, for uh, picking the the Cowboys to lose this game against the Giants, uh, like I did, and uh, I guess the the Cowboys fans can be delighted for another week, and they do look like a a really competitive team that uh, should be playoff bound.
1: I think a lot of people are starting to consider the Cowboys as maybe Super Bowl contenders, I think it's still slightly too early in the season to tell, but anything is possible
2: yeah well DJ I think uh, the only team that's going to win the Super Bowl this year is the Green Bay Packers so uh, whoever else wants to be contenders that's all well and good but we uh, have the, the Super Bowl winner and that is the Green Bay Packers which was predicted by me before the season started so I'll stick to that prediction they're
1: playing quite well at the moment so yeah, so UK Cowboys fans, it's at Overtime Ireland if you want to let Column know your opinions when he's written off your team winning the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, if you want to give them directly to me, it's at the Column Kelly, just the in front of my name. So. You can send me uh, your your remarks directly, but uh, as I, it's all in jest and uh, the Cowboys, DJ, are one of the teams that I think are going to be looking to try and get that home field advantage, but again, they have to get past the Philadelphia Eagles and again, the Packers have to get past the Detroit Lions to win the division. You have to do win the division before you think about home field advantage, so let's see what happens in the coming weeks and towards the end of the season. And The Packers, as we mentioned with Dave play, the Detroit Lions very late in the season at Lambeau Field and the Lions having that tie break over the Packers that could be a, a big, big game and who wins that division. So, one game DJ left to cover this week, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs against the, what are they called? The San Diego Superchargers. They weren't too super this week, DJ, although they were very good. The time of possession by the Chiefs really, really dominated the game, and they're up to 3-3 three three now. The Chargers sit at 5-2. 23-20 win here for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they just basically held on to the ball the whole, whole game. Kind of the, the blueprint that the Chargers used against the Seahawks, the blueprint that the Cowboys used last week. Running the ball, try and keep the ball short, passes, keep the drive alive, keep moving, keep running clock. And they won it with a late, late field goal in this one. Santos with that late field goal. But uh, I have to say, it is you. Philip Rivers with another good game here, but he had a a late interception in this game. Kind of when they had to force the ball downfield. And uh, overall, they they can still be positive. Brandon Brandon Oliver with another nice game here, but uh, you know, in the end, it's count for nothing as they lose the game and the Kansas City Chiefs it was a big division game for them they had to win it they were coming off the bye week Andy Reid has a super record off the bye week and does it again here so really set up and uh, they, they were really well game planned against this Chargers team they took the lead going into halftime the Chargers and it looked like they were going to walk on to victory but uh, the Chiefs break that Chargers winning streak and a, a big win for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs and I talked earlier about Peyton Manning having more touchdown passes since he went to denver than uh, alex smith has in his whole career but a big one here for alex smith guiding the team to victory
1: yeah colin major victory for the chiefs in this game and it narrows the margin between them and the san diego chargers and we'll be looking ahead to it in the week eight preview later on in the week but a big game in this division as well the chargers taking on the broncos on the thursday night football
2: yeah, DJ, obviously we'll do our prediction for that game on the preview show. But uh, I have to say, I think uh, we're looking here, DJ, if the, if the Chargers were to lose to Denver, that uh, it really opens the door up again for, for the Chiefs. So good, good win for them here. And we'll see this division, you know, they'll be hoping one of the second teams could probably gets a wild card because at the moment it's kind of looking like Denver's going to win this division again. So one of the other teams are likely to be looking for a wild card. But remember last year we had three teams out of this division into the playoffs. So could see something similar again. Be interesting to see in that AFC race interesting stuff all to come and uh, starting to get really exciting now as teams start to look playoff bound i'm sure some teams are very fans are very disappointed that they look like seasons all over already but you know that's the the life of a fan in the nfl so dj with that bell that you have set off on your phone which should be a, a fine for having your phone on during the show but anyway, we'll pretend that bell was uh, for the soundtrack of that is all the games recap for this week's show. As always, thanks for joining us. Do keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland. So until later in the week, late Thursday, early Friday, when we'll be back with another show, keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland as I mentioned. Do give us a nice written or a comment on Stitcher iTunes, whatever you listen to us on, and do stay tuned to the At Overtime Ireland page. And until then, I'm Colin. And
0: I'm DJ. Have a good one.